And now, Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we had a packed show today, Casey, starting with uh, the next edition of France 101. Uh, today's region will be Beaujolais, uh, one of the many French regions we'll be looking at in the run-up to the Vancouver International Wine Festival. And Casey, I'm going to ask you whether Beaujolais is a, what is it, a region of grape? What? That's the thing we need to know. You got the answer? Got it. Okay. Uh, look forward to that. Then uh, we're going to go back and catch up with your uh, trip up to Whistler, the Bloody Caesar battle. You brought in the best drink. Yes. The winner. The winner, Robin Gray. He won $1,000 at the Bloody Caesar battle and up it, at Whistler. Apparently it involves popcorn. Yes, it does. Which is hard to believe that there could be popcorn involved in a drink. But, uh, well, stick around. You'll uh, you'll have to hear about it. It looks pretty tasty. Uh our old friend Tojo uh, is coming to the studio. We have known Tojo uh, almost since the day he opened in Vancouver. Uh, many 31 years. Yeah, Tony. many different iterations of this fantastic uh, West Broadway restaurant. But Tojo's been over to Japan, so we're going to see if he got, uh, uh, I think he got souped up. Eh? He seems like he's excited. He did. And uh, we're going to talk about something I never thought we would talk about with Tojo. Food is food. Vegan. Yes. Unbelievable. And coming up next, Casey, we explore uh, the latest iteration of the Beach House in West Vancouver, opening uh, tomorrow on Friday in uh, all its new glory. It looks like a beach house. It does. It should. It's on the ocean. Yeah, probably one of the best joints to eat. Uh, there's now going to be an upper and lower deck outside. I, I just can't wait for the summer to get out there, uh, but I, I know that I will be checking it out sooner. We'll have David Stansfield in uh, to talk about the new drinks program and what's going to happen at the Beach House. Folks, stick around. The show is packed. It's the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. To fully appreciate the Okanagan in autumn, visit Tinorn Creek Vineyards during their fall harvest. Settle into a relaxing tasting experience amid the stunning vistas of the valley. For something really unique, watch all the crush pad action from their public viewing gallery while enjoying a glass of wine. Take in a tour and grab a bite at their award-winning Miradoro restaurant to complete a perfect fall day in wine country. Get a crush on Tinhorn Creek. For more information or upcoming events, visit tinhorn.com. The Upper Bench of BC's Similkameen Valley. For those in the know, it's a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. And it's here. Nestled in a sun-laden, stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clodisole Winery. Surrounded by an idyllic organic vineyard using natural ferments and small art artisanal winemaking, they produce elegant and age-worthy wines that reflect the unique land. You can find Clotus Olay wines in fine wine shops and restaurants across the province or order online at clotusolay.ca. 
Join BC Food and Wine Radio at the 42nd Vancouver International Wine Festival, February 27th to 29th. Advanced tickets for International Festival tastings, Delta Airlines tasting lounge, and gold passes are on sale now. For a free International Festival tasting ticket worth up to $115, choose from four sessions. Book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by February 13th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply, so book now. And to win tickets to the Friday evening tasting, listen to this station. Come see Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson talking with international and BC vine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival. Don't wine and drive. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. I'm picking up good vibrations. She's giving me the excitations. I'm picking up. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, really excited to have uh, our next guest in the studio. David uh, Stansfield is the corporate sommelier for Earl's Restaurants. That's correct. Uh, but we're here to talk about the Beach House restaurant today that's reopening. I've been walking by it for several months. So let's start there. The Beach House is not an Earl's. That's correct. Kind of, sort of not. Or kind of, sort of, right? Yeah. Same, same. Uh, People ask, give us the explanation. So the Beach House is a restaurant that is owned by the family that owns Earl's. Okay. Uh, however, we don't run it as an Earl's. It's, yeah. it's totally separate, uh, but we are able to use the amazing people that work for Earl's. And the resources. Exactly. Yeah. But doing a totally different concept that is unique to that location. There are not many beach houses. There is just yeah. the beach house. For people who don't know, the, the entire restaurant has a long history in Dunderave in West Vancouver, but it's been restored uh, it wasn't knocked down. It was actually restored because it's a heritage building uh, and put back into what really is a beach house look. And you did some great stuff inside for people who know the previous iterations. Yeah, thank you. I designed it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <right. laughs> yeah. Um, no, we, we really transformed the space. But, yeah. I, but I think that ultimately what we've done is brought it back to maybe what it could have been or should have been. Yeah. So yes. now, now it really feels like a, a beach yeah. house. There must have been challenges so we closed in. I'm, I'm sorry. There was a, there was a deep breath there. Yeah. We we closed in January with the thought that we would be open much sooner than uh, yeah. than at the end of November, um, uh, because there are challenges with the heritage space yes. and, and having to respect that space and and mm -hmm. not be too brutal with the with the construction and, and honor some of the challenges that that you get there, but. Ultimately, the final product, we're just, yeah. I mean, Anthony, you were there the other day. I, we're Incredible. just blown away by the design. Well, the removal of that interior wall at the bar, which blocked the entire billion-dollar view, uh, and the fireplace, now it's so great to stand up there and look through the entire restaurant and out into the water. Uh, as I've said to you, like I, there's nowhere in the world, Casey, as you know, you go to Italy, France, Germany, wherever, and get a table on the water or on the ocean in the south of France, it costs a fortune. Oh, it does. Here you can just amble in for lunch or right. dinner and yeah. really uh, have a great time and not be slaughtered. And there's <laughs> very few places in Vancouver that are on the water. Yeah. Really, I, I think about that a lot, yeah. You're right. I mean, they're, they're usually a step removed from the water yes. or, yeah. or set back a little bit. I mean, this is... 
literally there is the patio and then there is the beach. Yeah. And uh, you're right, removing that wall, removing a few other things that obstructed the view. Now every seat in the house has a view of the ocean. Yeah. And really that, that for me is the main attraction. And you have a tiny wine cellar that you don't <laughs> have in any Earls because of the tightness of all the, Mo- that yeah, real estate. That's right. Most people that don't work <laughs> in restaurants don't realize how little space there is outside of space for seats. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that we want to maximize, you know, seats. We want to get people in and feed them and get them drink. But that, that does create some interesting challenges for storage and offices. But the beach house being a house has a basement. Yeah. And the basement has a cellar. And that uh, I was able to convert into a proper yeah. wine cellar. So. A portion of it. <laughs> a portion of it. There's a lot of, of stuff down there. There yeah. is a lot of stuff down I mean, it's like, a, it's yeah. a classic old basement in that it's, 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 it's small. So I'm not a tall guy, so it's good for me. But it's pretty tight in other quarters. But, but I was able to carve out a good amount of space and, yeah. and to transform it into a proper wine cellar. We're speaking with David Stansfield of the Beach House uh, in Dunderave in West Vancouver. Uh, just before we get to the food and menu, uh, the upstairs was always a crazy place. It was kind of half office, half whatever, tents up there. It's been all restored to uh, it's beautiful up there. What are you going to do in the, in the top of the restaurant now? Yeah, so the top of the restaurant has been transformed into an event space. Mm-hmm. So we're calling it The Landing. It's going to operate, you know, on a regular day when there's not an event. It's just an extension of the restaurant. Including the outside patio. Including the outside patio. Which is so spectacular. I so that is that heated year-round? That's a good question that I don't know the answer to. I imagine we, I mean, in Vancouver, people, I'm, I'm always blown away by people's willingness to sit on patios yes. in less than ideal weather. <laughs> Me too. And I imagine that we will do our best to make sure yeah. that people have that opportunity. But I think the majority of the time, once people see it, it's going to be booked out for private events. So it's, um, it's a space that has about 50 seats, uh, room for 50 seats to itself just in, in the inside with a stunning bar that operates separate from the bar downstairs, yeah. separate washrooms, uh, a whole landing yeah, really nice. uh, with some nice furniture, and then a, a pretty expansive patio uh, that, that looks over the roof and then obviously out over the coast yeah. over to Stanley Park. You better have a seat with Casey on it because uh, you're launching, uh, well, Cameron Bogue, I guess, designed it, but launching a drinks program, which is really interesting. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so uh, when it came time to do the drinks menu, uh, my, myself and my colleague Cam, who is... Uh, the the sort of head bartender we call him the the spirits guy we wanted to do something distinct from Earl's and so at Earl's we've been focusing a lot on really innovative cocktails it's a pretty expansive cocktail menu but instead at the beach house Cam wanted to focus and so the focus is on martinis oh I can't wait to go (laughs) we have have seen that martinis are coming back into style which is so fantastic vermouth is very trendy right now and then the Beach House is maybe more of a classic dining restaurant than an Earl's. So a martini as an aperitif or just heck throughout the whole night makes sense. Mm-hmm. So what Cam has designed uh, is a, a menu of nine different martinis, half vodka, half gin. Each one has a different vodka and a different gin, and each one has a different vermouth. Wow. And then they also have them in various um, uh, proportions, so, so dry to wet, all the way up to a 50-50. So when I walk in? 
The limit is two. <laughs> and that's the best party, two martinis. Yeah, I agree In with these you. incredible copper shakers, and uh, the plan is to serve them tableside. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to bring some of the theater that you get with martini service mm. at some of these classic old-school restaurants. You know, thinking hotel restaurants in New York where you get the trolley service and yeah. mixed at the table. Uh, so we've gone for a version of that where uh, each of the martinis is... You know, preferably shaken, stirred if you need, but preferably shaken in a copper martini, uh, in a copper martini shaker, and then it's poured tableside. So you'll get mm. the glass, um, uh, and then it will be poured for you tableside, and with a little bit uh, uh, extra martini remaining, so that you can decide how to top it up. Do you want to let it dilute a little? Do you want to get it strong? So it allows for some of that, and I think just at the table, it'll be a stunning addition to the it table. It will, and you've got two ace cooks that have done your, created your menu. Yeah. And so, yes, Earl's culinary team uh, spearheaded this, and, and and we're just so lucky at Earl's. Or I'm so lucky because I frequently work at the test kitchen to work with David Wong and Hamid yes. Silamen. They're and both amazing. They, they both are amazing with, with incredible resumes that extend across, you know, historically into fine dining and then into Earl's, our casual fine dining. And I think they were thrilled to have a, a sandbox to play in that was different. Yes. And so they've drawn on their history in fine dining. But also, you know, one of the things that Earl, uh, Bus Fuller, you know, became famous for was sending our chefs uh, around the world. Around the world to be inspired. And so our inspiration trips for the Beach House took us mostly to San Francisco and to Los Angeles. Because you're, it's a West Coast West focus. Coast coastal. And so we wanted to look at who's doing some of the best seafood, who's doing interesting things with oyster bars on the West Coast. So we sent David and the team uh, down there to come back with some inspiration. And the menu is is heavily seafood focused. It's obviously not exclusively seafood. There's a steak section and a burger section, but seafood is the star, mm -hmm. including including fresh oysters, but including seafood with uh, inspiration from around the world. So Peruvian style ceviche or Spanish style octopus. But there is short rib pepperdelli, and if you're going to have pasta and you're going to and you have pepperdelli yeah, and you have short rib, that. it's I off the charts. That. Uh, we're almost out of time. What about wines? Yeah, how, about, how have right. you done that? So that was really fun for me. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I got to <clears throat> reimagine what a menu like that could look like. So it is pushing more towards fine dining in that I'm, I'm uh, featuring a lot more the iconic wines of Europe, the classic, you know, so I have Bordeaux from both banks and Burgundy from up and down the Appalachian. But really, I tried to take inspiration mostly from the food. And so uh, the, the, the items that I'm most excited about are the wines that I think are classic seafood wines. So we have three different sparkling wines by the glass and another five by the bottle. I've got a bunch of different classic white wines that are meant for seafood. So we've got Muscadet Saint-Raymond by the glass. We've got Chablis by the glass, a couple different Sancerre, Suave. From nice. uh, from the Veneto, so it's a more expansive menu. It it it, it somehow landed on this magic number of 101 wines. Oh wow! Uh, with 24 by the glass, and then an even cool 77 by the bottle, uh, all arranged beautifully down in my cellar. And I assume a bit of BC for the locals. And then you you or can't do tourists. local seafood and yeah. and not feature local. But what I tried to focus on there were some of the more iconic brands of yeah. BC. Great. So Blue Mountain, Painted Rock, Poplar yeah. Grove. I'm yeah. I'm looking more at the the what I would consider the classics of yeah. BC wine. We have one minute left. You have two happy hours. 
We do have multiple happy hours. Uh, so we have happy hour in the day and happy hour in the evening, which you, which you have to have, right? So we are, uh, you know, 3 to 5 or 3 to 5.30, sorry, for in the afternoon and then late night with all sorts of drink and food specials. So to me, that seems to be a perfect occasion for your walking down the beach at Dunderay. Exactly, and, and that's what everybody does. And you get a little bit thirsty and think to yourself, I could just use a quick little nibble. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, we are taking reservations, but there's plenty of space for people just to pop in for a quick drink or a bite. Because as we say, I've got another 5K to walk, Casey. But yes. <laughs> David Stansfield, thanks so much for joining us today from the reimagined Beach House, which opens uh, Friday, November 22nd. I can't wait to get in and see the joint full of people uh, right on the Dunderave Pier, folks, at 24th and Marine in West Vancouver. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Plenty more to come next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. We catch up with our old friend Tojo uh, to talk about the new fish market in Japan. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Tony and Barb Holler, owners of Poplar Grove Winery on farming in the Okanagan. The thing we've probably learned most is that the weather is never the same from year to year. And you have to adjust your farming practice according to the weather God gives you. It's just the way it is. Patience to wait for your grapes to mature and nothing is on a schedule. If your grapes need to develop their tannins and their sugars, you have to have the courage to wait. Enjoy the results. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. The best food and wine in the Okanagan awaits you at Rod's Regional Table. Micro Bar and Bites, Terrafina at Hester Creek by Rod's, and Sunny's, a modern diner. It's fall in the Okanagan, and Rod's Regional Table in Kelowna is featuring the best of British Columbia. Their wine list is 100% BC, showcasing wineries from all over the province, from the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys to Vancouver Island. For reservations, visit rods.com. Walk-ins always welcome. Rod's Regional Table, Micro Bar and Bites, Terrafina at Hester Creek by Rod's, and Sunny's, a modern diner. The true taste of the Okanagan. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, moving from West Van to West Broadway, uh, we're going to catch up with an old friend, uh, Tojo. I wish I could just have one name like you. All the stars yeah. have I one name. I mean, you name. have two names, but you're only Tojo to Be- everyone. Yeah, because uh, my first name is Hidekazu. Yes. Yeah. But uh, everybody, it did to be difficult. So. It's beautiful, Hidekazu. So, but, it's, uh, you know, I came in 1971. Yes. And that time, uh, Hidekazu, you know, in Japan, we call it a last name, Tojo, you know, yeah. the Japanese community, family name. Yep. But uh, here, you know, Western world, first name, eh? Yeah. But uh, they confuse. The Japanese call Tojo-san, then, you know, I Canadian know, people yes. say Hidekazu. Oh, they said, okay, Tojo is Just fine. Just Tojo. Yeah. I think the best thing about Japanese is confusing us. 
That's fantastic. Japanese people are very confused. Yeah. yeah. And you know what I find very interesting about uh, restaurants, Japanese restaurants like yours, you never call it Tojo's yeah. Japanese restaurant. Never use the word Japanese. Only the Koreans use it. Yeah. You know, the Korean. That's the difference. Yeah. And uh, other restaurants, they put to the Japanese restaurant or sushi. But uh, my cooking style is different. It will yes. be very open, you know, borderless. Mm-hmm. So, Japanese technique, but I use local ingredients, you know. Sometimes I use, uh, your people use, uh, Italian people use ingredients, you know, French people. Sure. But yes. for Japanese technique. So that's why I said, okay, I like more open food, yeah? open mind. Yep. So I said, yeah, Tojo, very simple. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody can argue with it. Yeah, so I'm very, so far, everybody after no complaint so people yeah. say yes. oh <laughs> this is a before i had a, you know i have a before tojo open i have a experience i work in japanese restaurant yeah they said after to, tojo they never say oh this is no japanese food <laughs> because that i'm looking for yeah yes yeah. And I was so excited when I heard you were going to have a happy hour. Yes. And four to six, and it's on Thursday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. except December. Oh, yeah. Every day. Yeah. We do, we starting the, uh, December 1st. We starting so, because, uh, you know, Christmas season, you know, party time. So we have a many standby for many different types of menu. Very small size and very home style, but not too very different than our menu, regular different menu, menu yeah. Yeah, regular menu. Yeah. Except you've got my favorite, Tojo's tuna. Yeah, <laughs> Tojo uh, that's tuna some and Tojo like Maki. Tojo Maki, yes. So you've got the BC roll. Yeah. And that's your yes invention. invention. You know, it's, uh, uh, people call it the California law, but I did this in 1974. But yeah. uh, that time, I don't say my name because I walk into you know, my, yes. uh, some other Japanese restaurant. Then after Tojo, I can put it on my name. Eh? Yeah. So, but now it's not only BC law, not you know, California law. I make it a many different types of sushi. Mm-hmm. So, the size of Tojo's restaurant is incredible. You spent a fortune. Yes. I mean, it was a lot back when you when you spent that money. We thought this is unbelievable. Yes. Of course, it's been a good investment, and it's a bargain now. Yeah, that time big money I spent this. I I bought the properties, uh, big money, same amount as I spent to the restaurant. You know. Yes. Design too. That today's many some people oh told you if you make today's. Yeah. What, eight or ten million dollars. Oh, yeah. that's unbelievable. Great. And you get a lot of celebrities. Yeah, we have uh, every uh, rock guys, rock uh, bands. Nice. Uh, I don't say the name because it's a uh, you know lots of uh, today's uh, making the movie in Vancouver. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh, go ahead. Mo- give us a name. Yeah. Come on, you know, one name. Well, yeah. give us some names. You've uh, had okay. Some uh, Amber, for example, is. Uh, you know, Johnny Depp is a guy, yes, right? Yeah. Yes, She's in town now. Oh, she's okay. uh, yeah, she's uh, in town. Yeah, yeah okay. So <laughs> I love the way you say that. <laughs> <laughs> she comes uh, once a week at least, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, of course, there's uh, some music what? people. Oh, you know, Elton John, you know, uh, three months ago? No, sh- three weeks ago? Yeah. They, uh, they, their band is uh, come to 
all day. Oh. Wow. Yeah. What What is the secret to having celebrities come to your restaurant? Is it to not pay secret? attention to them? or what? Do they want to be seen or not seen? Or a little of both? I think both, yeah. Yes. You know what is... Uh, Tojo restaurant, we make everything original dish. Yeah. Then they said, oh, Tojo, this, oh, we've been to the Japan, yeah. but the Tojo food are different. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's said, an attraction for them. Yeah. So they're looking for something, all artists are looking for something, originality. Yes. Yeah. We're speaking with uh, Tojo of Tojo's restaurant on West Broadway in Vancouver, uh, and he's just come back from yeah. Japan. From Japan. Have you, do you go to Japan regularly? I tried to once or two years, yeah. but uh, I, I missed it the last year, so I'm going to spend it. Uh, this time, I beat it to my sister. Uh-huh. Because the last year, and uh, I told you 30 years anniversary, yes. yeah. so one sister missed me, yeah. so she's uh, you know, already, so, you so I like to go. Yeah. And you went, you went to a Buddhist temple. You, st- you yeah. stayed there? Yeah, I stayed a couple nights. And uh, I ate this uh, Buddhist food. Yes. So very vegetarian. They don't use uh, no dairy product. Vegan. Yeah, vegan. Hundred percent vegan. Wow. How How did it taste? I'm very impressed because I thought it was vegan. Oh, you know, very <laughs> yeah. low deep taste. Exactly. Oh, but, I love that face. <laughs> you know, no, but it's very impressed. Yeah. So really? I asked to the uh, you know chef. Yep. Uh, very difficult to talk to them because they are monk, you know, yep. Buddhas. Yeah. They don't tell you anything. No. But I said this. I told you I have come from you know, Vancouver, Canada. Oh, okay. They you know yeah, uh, they two top people, you know, kitchen people yep. talk to me. Oh, this is uh, made this hundred uh, percent is a uh, vegetable stock. Yeah. yeah. So a plant based. Everything's plant based. Yes. And uh, so they don't use uh, no dairy. No milk, yep. no cream, yep. and even onion, no garlic. Oh my wow. goodness! So very serious. Yes. Wow. But so no garlic. No garlic. Where's the fun in that? <laughs> so because the Buddhists, they don't use it. Not much is a strong uh, taste. Yeah? yeah. And even ginger too. No ginger. Ginger. Wow. But uh, tastes good. So I spend this uh, four meal. Uh, we stay uh, you know uh, dinner and. Uh, breakfast mm-hmm. then after i feel very light <laughs> <laughs> yes i believe that oh my god yeah. don't go vegan yeah, on us vegan is, that's all. so will you come back and make a dish do you think for so, the restaurant yeah i okay uh, december that i'm crazy busy so i yes. starting to in january 2020 yeah yes. i'm going to make some vegan stuff oh boy yes. you that's see exciting you see i created something is the fish market in japan yeah Best in the world? Oh, you see. I went to the 4 o'clock in the morning. Yes. So no train, no, you know. No people. No no people. Yeah. Uh, you know, outside no people, but there, yeah. lots of people. Yeah. Not, you know, yes. people, uh, you know. Inside. Tw- 12 o'clock in the morning, uh, all the fish, new fish coming. Yeah. So first bit started at 1 o'clock. Wow. Then second is uh, 2 o'clock. So I went to the 4 o'clock. Then still is a uh, lot of activity. Then market closed at 9 o'clock. Then they ship to, to restaurant. All over the world. All over the world, yes. Yeah. Then after 9, they shipping start. Yep. So restaurant people order. Then they get the 10 o'clock in the morning. They mm-hmm. fish. 
ready to in the kitchen. Wow. Yes. And did you, is there a place to eat around there? There used to be when it was at the Skiji Market. Fabulous food, but what about in the new building? No, they have also, so I went to a very, uh, you know, it's a professional people eat at the sushi restaurant in the morning, yes. 5 o'clock. 5 a.m.? 5 a.m. morning, oh, I start to eat sushi. So there are many different types of the fish. You know, over, the, over there, 156 different types of seafood. Wow. 156 different types of seafood. Fantastic. So, but some uh, seafood in uni yes. come from, his, uh, from Canada. Yeah. I thought, oh, they explain, oh, this uni come from Canada. Yeah. And uh, some tuna from is Nova Scotia. Of course, it's a salmon is from the BC too. So yeah. that's shipped air yeah. by they, air. Yeah, they said, oh, this uh, product from from is, uh, you know, name. Yes. So very interesting. So I asked to uh, okay after you know the eight thirty the your fish market uh, clothing time. So some fish are left. Yeah? Who going to buy? I asked. Yes. But you know supermarket. Yeah. They buy. They buy whole All thing. All of it. In yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah but uh, that is a good buy, but uh, you have uh, no much choice, eh? Yeah. Yes. So always... Uh, good price, not a lot of choice. That's right. Yeah. Sup- but super, super fresh. Would you move back to Japan? No, I love to Vancouver. <laughs> but uh, to see visit, lots of fun. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's, it's yeah. a fabulous country. In Japan, it's a very good food. Anywhere, it any is. small restaurant. Restaurant, mm-hmm. super, super mm-hmm. quality. I know good. your level is wow. very high in yeah. cooking. We're getting there in Vancouver. Yeah, so Tojo, hey, thanks so much for coming by. Great to see you now. Listen, the, the Tojo cocktail hour is four to six Thursday to Saturday, walk-ins only, uh, and throughout the month of uh, December, are you open? Uh, you just close Sundays, is that correct? Yeah, we or? close on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So otherwise, regular hours. Yes. Tojo's Restaurant, 1133 West Broadway, folks. If you haven't experienced it, to do it. And uh, if you're a vegan, uh, drop by in the new year. Maybe yes. he'll Maybe have a, some, oh, he'll something have a dish. Will be there. You can see. And there'll be even more yes. Hollywood stars in there when you That's go right. vegan. <laughs> yeah, people, even, people love. Even Casey and I yeah, might drop by too. now. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Yeah, great Casey. to see you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Arigato. you. Yeah, all thank the best. Thank you very much. Tojo-san. Uh, plenty more to come here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. J.S. Dupuis and Robin Gray from the Bloody Caesar Battle in Whistler will be up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. 
Change is in the air at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery, and they couldn't be happier. Their new wine experience center is currently on schedule for completion later this year, featuring completely rejuvenated vineyards for even better vintages. In the meantime, during the ongoing changes, Mount Boucherie's wine shop will still be open daily from 11 till 5 for tastings. And if you can't come to the mountain, let the mountain come to you. Visit them online at mtboucherie.com. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Our roots run deep. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, we have the aftermath of the Bloody Caesar battle at Barefoot and World Oyster Invitational. We have the winners with us today. We have the money guy, Robin Gray. The money guy. Hello there. <laughs> and joining us is J.S. Dupuis. Why did you say money? Did you win he money, too? He won money for I that. Did. Yeah, I won a lot of and money. J.S. and I were judging along with Alex Gill. Oh, so the fix was in. Uh-huh. I didn't know you win dough. How much dough did you win? One thousand dollars. Oh wow, that's nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it works well. well did you think you were going to win? No, no, no. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I uh, mean, there was a lot of competition I there. I, I tried to win. Yes, you tried to win, but yeah. there were there were ten. Yeah, a lot Caesars, of competition. A lot of competition. Really great bartenders as well. Well, we try we tried to explain last week to our listeners what a Caesar like what you know what most people think a Caesar is because mm-hmm. it's not what you guys do, but maybe we could start with that. What, sure. What what is a Caesar? So a Caesar that is someone says I'll have a Caesar. What do you think they mean? Right. So I I think the Caesar is probably one of the most popular cocktails in Canada. Really. You know, we definitely uh, if you go like. It's a cocktail that can be made in any bar, like in any kind of, you know, neighborhood pub. Right. Um, and uh, you know, especially like outside the city where cocktails are not as popular. Right. Um, this cocktail is still served um, in those smaller rural areas and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really kind of came apparent to me while I was up, um, like in Powell River and seeing uh, a lot of people just, just like constantly ordering Caesars. So I think mm-hmm. that the Caesar, because it is a cocktail, has many ingredients. So it's a, you know, it's a. It's a it's a cocktail, a classic cocktail. So it's and it's a very uniquely Canadian cocktail. Even though right. Clamato was created in in uh, the United States and kind of the first iterations of the Caesar, the Red Snapper was created in the States as well. Uh, it definitely certainly was popularized in Canada, and then of course uh, in Alberta it became very popular. So but your there. your Caesar, you usually think about Caesar as vodka. Yes, yes. So but I was not you. I was tasked to do something different and to use an Amaro. Uh, an Amaro is a bittersweet uh, Italian uh, liqueur. Um, a chasery. This, yeah, and, and it's and it's Italian and yeah. Roman. Well, yeah. it's not Roman, Roman but it's Italian. Yeah, because <laughs> that's it's... why you named your drink Yeah, Caligula. the Caligula. I love the, that yeah. name of your yeah, drink. Yeah, the Caligula, yeah. Um, yeah, Caligula was one of the uh, one of the Caesars, one of the ruling classes of uh, of of Rome. Uh, he comes from a long line of Caesars. There's apparently sixty Caesars, um, twelve of uh, of which uh, ruled Rome back in the day. Caligula being one of the kind of not the most popular, but I'd say probably the second most popular after Julius Caesar. Uh, he was just a madman, an absolute crazy person. He made his senate uh, his horse a senator. He would like chop mm-hmm. off the head of uh, statues of the gods and and replace his own. Yeah. Uh, likeness to <laughs> them because he wanted to be 
thought oh. of and to be regarded as a god. So he was a madman. Oh, I, I want to do that. That sounds like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think someone's doing that in the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah. Caesar, very easy to make it. And home. a bloody Caesar too. I mean, Caligula and a bloody Caesar right. makes sense because he's a, he, he was he was a blood. wicked. He's known for his wickedness. Yeah. 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 So yeah. a basic Caesar is you start a with basic the rim. Caesar. Yeah, basic Caesar is you. Yeah, you always want to start with the rim because you can't go back. Uh, you have to do a, usually it's just plain celery salt for the rim. That's the that's the yes. that's the, the classic measure right there. Mm. But you did. I did a celery salt with salt and pepper because it's it's kind of like uh, kind of from a culinary um, background. I think that like see you salt and pepper your meat, right? Uh, you salt and pepper when you whenever you you you, you cook. Those are the two kind of you know spices you want to. And I want to keep things simple. I always think about simplicity when I create cocktails. As I find the like the most delicious cocktails and food that I have uh, things where I can taste each flavor and I can keep things I don't want to over complicate things I want to keep it nice and simple so I just did that salt pepper and celery salt on the rim and then uh, classically it's made with vodka uh, clamato juice and then spices so spices being Worcester and uh, and Tabasco hmm. JS so how did he win why did he win when you were judging them all what what was the and the pressure's on when JS is there? No, right? of course. Because yes. did you not work? You worked up at Barefoot. Bistro. I did, and I won the first competition, yeah. the first Caesar competition, wow. the first year. Yeah, oh. but it was very different back then because back then it was all the same spirit. We were always using vodka. Yes, and it was done blind, so the judges didn't know who was making the drink. There was no story. Oh. There was no explanation. You couldn't write the ingredients. It was simply uh, the Caesar, but everything was based on the same spirit, the same brand. Now the competition has evolved where there's different brands involved, different spirits all together. We had sake, we had a Namaro, rum, we had some vodka, some tequilas. So you can't really judge every single drink blind the same way you would with the same spirit. So we use a CPBA panel, a CPBA scoring sheet, which involves... Um, you know, name and inspiration. Canadian... Canadian Professional Bartender Association. Right. Mm. And uh, that pan, that that scoring sheet has points for taste and inspiration, um, method, uh, technique, to taste and balance, um, presentation. So there's more to, that goes into the drink than just making a simple cocktail. And um, so we looked at. How it was presented was a story, right? Was the ingredients that were told in the presentation actually in the Caesar? Um, how did it taste? How did it work with the, with the story? And overall, Robin's Caesar came on top um, from all aspects. So we we're very happy. Very unanimous decision between the three judges as well, actually. It was very interesting. And the popcorn is just, I, I love that. No, thank so you. So simple. Yeah, well, you know, it's also a big trend in Europe at the moment is to... You uh, have to describe it. We're on radio. Pop, popcorn and, and tomorrow. So, yeah, so to describe it, it's, it's crowned with popcorn. I, I took uh, popcorn... And then uh, there's these uh, little shakers you can get, like the dill pickle flavored. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, just dill pickle flavored the popcorn and uh, and crowned it, uh, uh, crowned my my. It's Caligula floating. It's floating on top of that. So you pick it off. Yeah, you pick sipping. it off as you as you sip, and uh, you have to have top a straw just so you can kind yeah. of drink through it. Um, yeah. And just kind of go back and forth. Uh, obviously, a metal straw or paper we're, straw. We're talking about the recent <laughs> Bloody Caesar battle uh, in Worcester. We're joined by the winner, Robin Gray, and Judge uh, J.S. Dupuy. Uh, what about the glass? Was it uh, there? Was many different shapes, or yes. the, the way it was? Yeah, served? everybody had a different glass to to really kind of accentuate their cocktail mm -hmm. and 
usually hopefully go with the story. Uh, some choices were great. Some choices were not great. Uh, so sometimes bartenders forget that maybe the, la the glass looks cool, but it doesn't really work for the drink. That proportions are not right. So um, this glass really matched with the theme and was perfect for the presentation. I, and so I, this this glass is a, a Pilsner, uh, Pilsner yeah. glass, a Pilsner-style glass. So mm -hmm. it's actually a, a originally uh, used for a beer. Uh, but this is a vintage Pilsner glass, and a Pilsner glass is very short at the bottom, and then uh, it kind of comes up and it's is a much larger open. Yeah. yeah, at the top. So it has the opportunity to hold more for the crown, and yeah. it gets skinnier at the bottom and kind of just looks uh, And so how many nice. were served? I mean, the best party ever at... Oh, oh yeah. it was a great time. That's a great party. 900 people. Yeah. So you made 900... Around that, yeah, well, I, yeah, we made a lot. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't actually count them, but we were just moving as fast mm -hmm. as we could the whole time and just banging them out. So you said the competition evolved. I'm wondering, were the are the judges go with a hangover now to these or uh, maybe? Because <laughs> I, I, <think laughs> I don't know what only, that is, only, but. The only time people drink Caesars, I think, is when they have a hangover. So but that's why I, I that's why the Caesar in Canada is so important. It's just associated with yeah. the morning after, and it's just a very, it's almost a religious experience when you have a Caesar, yeah. and people have their particular ways. Caesar is that one cocktail that everybody has their own way. Oh, I want it muddy. I want it spicy. I want it with tequila. I want it with bourbon. Can, but can I get it in Brazil or in Japan? Absolutely or do they no. stare at me and they don't yeah. know what I'm talking about? Only the fancy bars in like really big markets like London, like they'll have they have like they have a bar in London that serves the Caesar, and they like yeah wow. they, they bring in the Clamato. So it's very for unique. It such. Yeah. yeah, I had a friend yeah. of mine has a bar in Australia that yeah. flies in the Clamato to Australia yeah. and sells them, and very yeah, popular yeah. over there. It's a, it's a very Canadian thing too. They're like, oh, this is the Canadian cocktail. Like it's it's our thing. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, there was oysters too. Were they? Uh, is it a good? complimentary drink with oysters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there was, well, I think, what, 15,000 oysters that yeah, came in? Yeah, 15,000 oysters came in from yeah. Sawmill Bay. An, an insane amount of oysters. Yeah. Steve from Sawmill brings them in, and yeah. we've had him on the, the show. Fantastic The Pococks do a great job at uh, growing oysters, and both great hangover cure, oysters and Caesars. Yeah. Definitely. Well, that's what we tell ourselves anyway, so I don't yeah. know. It oh, works. Yeah. It works. Yeah. And is there a better chef than Melissa Craig? I don't know very many. Bistro, mm. she is incredible, and the food that they serve at the event, Oyster Invitational. Uh, I don't know how. How do you serve nine hundred people? Well, I With think I think they're really good at it. <laughs> yeah. they do a lot really of events, good. so I think they've catering. got it down to an absolute science by now. You know, and yeah. you know, yeah. uh, Andre Saint Jacques, mm. he's crazy. Always has been. So much fun. Yeah. Always entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun event. It's a fun event in Whistler. You get so much for your money. Great drinks, lots of wine, great fantastic food. oysters, great food, great people. Yeah. It's a, it's a party. It's a big a social. And everybody's party. looking the part as well. Absolutely. I think that's something that, you know, everybody really dresses up. Co ah. Lovely cocktail dresses and uh, and suit and tie, black tie kind yeah. of thing. And it, it's just a, it's a great crowd. I would say the cocktail's back in, full on. Absolutely. Oh, it sure is. It's, yeah. uh, uh, it's clobbering wine sales at the moment. So it's interesting right. to see yeah. uh, the, yeah. the switch in... Uh, uh, Who's buying them? I guess. I guess it's millennials that are driving that. But uh. Uh, I think it's a little bit of everybody. It's uh, you're trying for a full experience, right? Start with a cocktail, have a glass of wine after. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Try something different. Why not? Uh, well, 
We are uh, delighted to have a chance today. I want to get a sip of this cocktail, so after this you break, get into I'm going to get into it. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic, folks. We'll put we'll put up a picture. The popcorn sitting on top, the straw going through it, and the color alone. It has an Amaro color to it. Yeah, it looks like a muddy Caesar. And, uh, that's yeah. what my intention was, was yeah. to use the Amaro in place of the Worcestershire. Robin Gray, J.S. Dupuis, thanks so much for joining us today on uh, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Delighted that uh, you were here. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you for having us. Uh, way to go. You won Cheers. it. Thank you. <laughs> you beat them. Could they believe it? <laughs> uh, still to come, it's uh, France 101 coming up. A focus this week is on Beaujolais, or Bojo, as the kids say, next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Culmina Family Estate Winery reminds you that it's time to join the 2019 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Culmina's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Culmina wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the number series, Culmina's small lot program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit culmina.ca. Culmina Family Estate Winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Hi, this is Duncan from Hillside Winery and Bistro. I invite you to experience the finest that Naramata Bench has to offer. Terroir-to-table cuisine and crafted wines made exclusively from Naramata grown grapes. Delight your senses as you sit back, slow down, and savor our locally inspired food and wine. Enjoy a fresh take on dining with the Bistro's new shared plate menu. Come discover and taste the difference at Hillside Winery and Bistro, located in the heart of the Naramata Bench, just minutes from Penticton. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back. Oh, yes, Casey. Just listen to that tune. Don't you just want to be in a brasserie somewhere in I Paris? Do, I certainly do, and I know what I want to drink when I'm there, too. You do. I bet it's Beaujolais. It is Beaujolais. In fact, Beaujolais is our uh, topic, France 101, uh, this week. We've been looking at and are looking at several regions uh, across the country of France because it is the theme region at the upcoming Vancouver International Wine Festival. So today we thought we'd talk about Beaujolais. And because it lines up, uh, it happens to line up this week with our show with the release of Beaujolais Nouveau, which, you know... Is it a, does. It's a new old story. A new old story. And yeah. is Beaujolais a grape or a region? Aha, uh-huh, good question. Uh, well, here's the deal. You know, in France, uh, well, in Europe, uh, there are wines that have become famous by the name of the region and not the grape. For instance, Beaujolais, which is not the grape. The grape is Gamay. But we know that from Barolo, which is made with Nebbiolo, uh, Bordeaux, which is a red blend of five grapes. So uh, in the case of Beaujolais, though, it's a single red grape, Casey, called Gamay Noir, to be really official. Uh, and it uh, makes up 98% of the production in that region. So it's, uh, it's pretty overpowering. There's a wee bit of white wine. And in my recent travels there, I discovered that actually Beaujolais Rosé now is becoming quite trendy and, and very interesting. And inexpensive, Tony? Oh, yeah. It's very inexpensive. In fact, uh, well, if you look at... I guess we should talk about how Beaujolais is, is laid out. 
think of it, you know, if you've got a big desk in front of you, and let's just say that the whole desk is Beaujolais, and any grapes that are picked in that region can be called Beaujolais, and you'll see those in the store. They're very inexpensive. Most of the Beaujolais comes from the flatter uh, areas below the hills, and uh, you can buy a bottle of, quote, Beaujolais, for about uh, 12 to $14, which is really inexpensive. For, Very inexpensive. Yeah, it's light, fresh, easy drinking style. Uh, just simple, just fun, not complicated. So you can do that. Then there are uh, 38 villages. So often we've talked about trying to get some sort of recognition for BC wines based on, I've been touting based on village names like Naramata, Oliver, uh, West Kelowna. I like that, I, and I like to talk about wines around that. So Beaujolais Village uh, comes from grapes that are grown in and about 38 villages. They're slightly higher up the hill, just sort of at the foothills of the real hills of Beaujolais. Uh, and then finally, the best Beaujolais and the most expensive. Beaujolais Village, you can pick up, it varies depending on the producer, but it can be from about 16 to $20 in that range. And then there's 10 crews. They all have individual names, these crews, and uh, they're uh, very famous. Uh, if, you, if you look on the bottle, you see names like Bruy, Chenas, Cherub, uh, Cote de Bruy, Fleury is a, is a very interesting wine, Julianus, Morgan. A lot of people know Moulinavant, one of the oldest, uh, one of the easiest to age. Renyi, which is the newest crew, and Saint Amour. Uh, which everybody loves because it sounds like love. and It does. But the crews, Casey, are on the hillsides. So when you're standing, looking up at the hills, it's such a beautiful hilly region. I really recommend it uh, as a place to go and visit and walk or cycle because it's just so gorgeous there. So you've got Beaujolais, Beaujolais Village, and uh, the 10 crews. Very simple to understand, really. Don't the best grapes always grow up a hill? Uh, well, they do, and actually, you know, it was kind of a thing where you would say, well, the best grapes are on the top of the hill, but now we know that they're never on the top and they're never on the bottom. They're about three-quarters of the way up. Always seems to be the sweet spot. And these hills, uh, what I love about the hills is when you look at them, they're not that steep, and it looks like you can walk up them, and you actually can. But when you start walking up them and walking in the vineyards, and you say, you, 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 it's so steep that you wonder how uh, how the work gets done. And in Beaujolais, which is unusual, I would say that 95% of the grapes are picked by hand. So it's a very, uh, very labor-intensive uh, to make great Beaujolais wine, and uh, but fun, really great place to visit. What does it taste like, Tony? How would you describe the taste of Beaujolais? Well, it's light, it's fruity. Uh, the thing about Beaujolais, the Gamay grape, is that well, there's a special process called carbonic maceration. I don't want to get in too technical, but it's, uh, I'll just say that it's intracellular. So, in fact, the, the, the bunches go into the uh, vat whole, and the fermentation begins inside of the grape instead of on the outside. Normally, you would crush the grapes. Right. And that means that it extracts, uh, it, it extracts about 2% alcohol before the, the, the grape bursts, and then the fermentation carries on in a normal fashion. But the wines are slightly lighter because there's less skin contact. The way that it goes, it's fruitier. It seems to highlight the fruit. So when you, you smell a, a, a glass of Beaujolais, particularly a young one or a Nouveau, uh, they have like banana aromas and very primary fruit aromas. So it's a beautiful, fresh, fruity nose. 
It's fairly uh, soft. There are no tannins to really worry about, except in some of the biggest crews. So it's it's a real friendly wine, and you can drink it pretty quickly. Uh, a la Beaujolais Nouveau, which is happening this week. It is, and it's a big celebration in France. It used to be a big celebration in Vancouver. Yeah. Nouveau, of course, is the first wine of the season. So Nouveau was made only two months ago. The grapes were picked. I was there in Beaujolais when they were picking the grapes this year. And uh, <coughs> it only spends about 60 days at the winery. Then it's bottled, and the you know the story goes that uh, Georges de Boeuf was uh, a negociant, and he he got the ball rolling in the '60s with his uh, distributors by uh, uh, sending the wine to Paris, basically, and it turned into be a, a bit of a game and a race to get the first wines to Paris, and and the distributors kind of liked that. But then George looked at that and thought, you know, maybe we should we should have more fun and get the rest of our customers around the world involved. And so then they started sending wine to yeah, London. Yeah, I remember them shipping Moscow, it here. Vancouver, yeah, going by plane. Yes. So it sounds like a really good wine for a beginner. Well, yeah, it's a great it's a great wine for a beginner because, because of the softness and the roundness. But, you know, the thing about Beaujolais, you know, when we were, I would say we, when I was young, we were studying wine. Like, that was a wine we studied it to death. And it's still going on today. But you know what? It's just... It's a lovely drink. It doesn't really need a lot of, of introspection or thought uh, unless you're looking at the cruise. So it's just fun. And I think, you know, it's the kind of wine you can open on Tuesday night and serve with, you know, all kinds of food. Well, you know that. Well, yes. And you know what? You can also serve it with turkey. Yeah. It goes Which very well with turkey. It goes just about with everything. I would say like a BLT. I love a glass of Beaujolais with a BLT. Hey, and hot dogs. Yeah. goes with a hot dog, pate, bread. Really? You're eating hot dogs, Casey Wilson? Yeah. I love hot dogs, Tony. Good okay. hot dogs from Oyama, of course. And uh, with deli meats, um, of course, with steak, steak tartare. And Tony, I always serve it chilled. Yeah. Just uh, just off the chill is perfect. And it's, uh, well, you know, it's one of those things when, when you want a bit of fruitiness in to match the dish not tannin. And that's not easy because normally you say you have a Cabernet. It's got a lot of tannin. Yes. So this has the fruit of a Cabernet but no tannin. So it works differently with the dish. And it doesn't go with spicy food. No, not really. Or, or dessert. But you know what? It's very good with cheeses. And my favorite cheeses with Beaujolais burrata, I love yep. Havarti and cheddar. Just kind of, well, burrata is kind of high-end, but Havarti and cheddar, you know, just yeah. there's something you would have in the refrigerator so uh pretty easy to get to you know you can if you're in paris you can take the train down to lyon uh you can uh, rent a car and go there uh or you can fly into lyon and then get a car but really i think uh taking a train is probably the easiest and rent a car when you're in the region or a or an electric bike because you really can uh, travel around. You set up sort of in the center. There, It's kind of like an amphitheater, the cruise. So you just set up in the center. You you know, I like to go out in the morning, and then I like to spend the afternoon, you know, tasting or thinking about what I had done, and then dinner that night in the region. Beautiful little towns and hotels everywhere. Uh, we had a chance to stay with George DeBoeuf, who's going to be at the festival. And, of course, George has this incredible uh, museum, uh, called uh, the Hamo that they have right in the town of uh, Romanish Thorns where they are. So that's a great place to check out the history of Beaujolais 
and to visit, uh, you know, a well-respected uh, producer as well. There's tiny, super high-end guys. If you're really interested, you can spend a lot of time there now. And it's totally hip. Young people call it Bojo, and they're all over Gamay. They think it's the next best thing since the uh, coming of Christ. And Tony, would you really like to see me on an electric bike? Uh, would I like to see you on an electric yes. bike? I would. And, you'd, you'd <laughs> and I'd like to see you on an electric bike. Well, you'd bike. see me. You'd see me bombing up to the top of the hill with uh, with ease. Oh, not uh, me. Yeah, no, you'd like it, Casey. You, you'd see me bombed. You know, this is what I know about you, Casey. One ride on an electric bike, you wouldn't. You'd be yakking about it for the next ten months. <laughs> Folks, uh, it's France 101 series. Uh, that was Beaujolais. We'll be going through several others, including Champagne, Languedoc, and uh, the Rhone Valley in the coming weeks here on the Best of uh, Food and Wine show. And, of course, we're live. Don't forget, come by and see us. We'll be interviewing uh, a lot of French winemakers at the 2020 Vancouver National Wine Festival. That's it for today's show. Thanks for listening in in Vancouver, Victoria, Kamloops, Kelowna, Penticton, and across the entire South Okanagan. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network wishing you a great weekend. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.